Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get a crop disease update from David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture. Also, Glendalee Allen Vossler will have details on Canada's farm show getting underway in Regina tomorrow. And out first in today's country comment, we'll hear from dairy farmers Richard and Christy Lane Carr, who have been named as Manitoba's Outstanding Young Farmers for 2022. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Dairy farmers Richard and Christy Lane Carr have been named as Manitoba's Outstanding Young Farmers for 2022. The pair own and operate Rich Lane Farms at Marchand in southeast Manitoba. The announcement came last week. We're so honoured to be able to even just be nominated. So to win was just, it's kind of still sinking in a little bit surreal that that actually happened. I mean, it's a great honor to to be up there with all the other nominees. They were, you know, incredible operations. And, you know, I think the award could have gone any direction because, you know, they, they're great at what they do as well. So, yeah, we're just really excited to be able to, receive this award and you know we're looking forward to the next steps will be to go to the national outstanding young farmers competition so we're excited to look forward to that yeah and maybe if um i'll maybe just ask richard the same question there um just for his thoughts on on uh winning the award it's just a great honor i'll just echo what chris Lane said it's a great honor very privileged um was just you know flattered to be nominated uh, to be in that room with all those other young farmers and hear their incredible stories, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was quite a, the event to be at. And, yeah, we're just very excited to go represent Manitoba at the Nationals. Why do you think you were chosen? Uh, what, you know, what stands out about your operation? Um, I think the biggest thing that stands out for us is that we are a first-generation farm. And, um, and just, you know, our story of how we got to where we are today is different than most. Um, not many people get to where we are. And um, I don't recommend everyone kind of following our path. It's a bit of a challenging one, but uh, it's just a story of how we got to where we are today. Tell us a little bit about your operation and what you guys do there. So we are a dairy farm. We milk 50 cows. Uh, we uh, got into the Dairy Farmers New Entrant Program in August of 2018. We started milking. So, yeah, we milk 50 cows twice a day with a double eight parlor. We have a uh, bedding pack barn. And then we also have a beef herd. Uh, the beef herd was here prior to the dairy cows coming. We drastically downsized the beef herd to do the dairy, uh, but we retained some heifers and some cows, and we kept the, the best of the best from the beef herd. So now with the 50 dairy cows, we also run 60 beef cows. Christy Lane, just wanted uh, your thoughts on, um, on, on the overall event. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know, what took place this week? Yeah, it was a little bit of a different format from the past, uh, just due to the uncertainty around COVID. Normally, this event happens early in the year, uh, around March time. Uh, But just with things the way they are, uh, it was pushed back into June, and then it wasn't at the regular venue. So the regular venue that they have is Elkhorn. And this time, just because, you know, of being able to get space for the event, it was held in Brandon. Um, so yeah, we went there the first day we got to meet the other nominees. So that was really great to spend some time with them, getting to know them and also all the sponsors for the program. So that was really important. 
And that night it was just, um, yeah, being able to spend some time together. There were some alumni that came down as well. Uh, that's the thing that really stands out to me about this group is that the alumni are, are incredibly involved. Um, they form the board that kind of runs the different events. So, yeah, they're really invested. Once you become an alumni member, you're really invested in how the program rolls forward and getting to know everybody. So we were able to, yeah, go out for supper as a group and spend some time together. And then the following day is when they did the actual judging of the nominees. And then the event culminated with a luncheon where we all did a presentation for everybody to get to know our operations. And then they uh, finished it by announcing the winners. Just looking ahead to the national event in uh, November in Saskatoon, I guess just talk about um, how you'll be preparing for that. Yeah, it's, it's a similar process for the national event. It's just a little bit more uh, involved. So, you know, we're going to have a similar style of presentation that we did for the regional event in Manitoba, but it's just going to be longer. We did a presentation in Manitoba that was, you know, 10 PowerPoint slides, and for the national event it's going to be 30. So it's kind of a similar process, but just uh, a little bit more involved. The interview process is going to take place over three days versus just one. So, yeah, we're going to be working on our presentation a little bit, extending that, and probably taking some pictures here over the summer of, of what we're doing. That was Christy Lane and Richard Carr. This year's Manitoba's Outstanding Young Farmers, the pair own and operate a dairy farm at Marchand in southeast Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, which represents about 750 CN Rail employees, says signal and communication workers have walked off the job across the country. Workers were legally on strike as of 11 a.m. local time on Saturday. The IBEW gave a 72-hour strike notice Wednesday morning. Spokesman for CN Rail says the company has implemented a operational contingency plan, noting that operations are continuing safely and at normal levels. CN Rail says it continues to encourage the union to resolve sticking points on wages and benefits through binding arbitration. Exhibitors for Canada's Farm Show in Regina are busy making sure all the equipment is washed, shined and ready to go for opening day tomorrow. Canada's Farm Show runs Tuesday through Thursday this year. One of the highlights for the show is that for the first time in the show's history, all of the exhibits are now inside. Show manager Shirley Janesco says this year's event features over 500 exhibitors, with international guests coming in from not only the U.S., but Ethiopia, Vietnam, the UAE, Mongolia, India, and Japan. Crop diseases haven't been a big issue so far this year for farmers. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Still not a lot of issues to date. We have had a lot of rain in uh, some of the fall seeded crops like uh, winter wheat or fall rye. We'll have quite a canopy which will maintain humidity there. And uh, there is the possibility of disease in those situations. And Manitoba's canola crop is progressing quickly. Angela Brackenreed is with the Canola Council of Canada. Well, of course, as everyone knows, uh, a later seeded canola crop than we are used to in in much of Manitoba. But with that, uh, we've got a crop that's moving along relatively quickly. Came out of the ground within a week in a lot of cases, and uh, a lot of crop that's you know pushing out two, three leaves um, at this point. However, with that said, still you know much of the crop in cotyledon first uh, leaf stage. 
That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, June 20th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Wasser will have details on Canada's Farm Show taking place this week in Regina. Canada's Farm Show is back this week with a brand new footprint all indoors. So no matter the weather this year, it won't be an issue. Glendalee Allen Wasser caught up to show manager Shirley Janesco last week as exhibitors were busy bringing in the equipment and setting up for the show. Shirley, you were telling me that you and the crew are excited to be welcoming everyone back. Yes, I'm very excited. Our format's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Tuesday, June 21st, we open our doors at 9 a.m. And uh, as you mentioned, it's an indoor footprint, so more than 1.5 million square feet of indoor space. The great thing about Farm Show is that it's an opportunity to not only check out what's new and exciting, but it's also a great opportunity for producers to do that product price comparison with the key name brand manufacturers and short line operators all on site in one location. Absolutely. We're going to have about 500 exhibit spaces, our exhibitors on our, at our show. Very excited about that. And um, we've got uh, the International Trade Center programmed. We have the Launchpad stage, brand new feature this year. That's where we will have our featured speakers, our product launches, um, ag talks, and just um, and our ag tech uh, finale will be kicked off on that stage as well. So it's International Trade Center Hall 11. Innovations Pavilion as well. 26 brand new innovations going to be launched at our show. And you'll find them in Hall 11 as well, as well as throughout the show. I think some of the newest things we're going to see at this year's show is the technology that has um, taken place in the last two years in the ag industry. We're going to see a lot of new technology that we have. This is brand new to everybody this year. Agriculture industry, those in agribusiness, it's just um, technology has just taken off in the last couple of years. You talked about some of the programs, the Launchpad, the innovations. For folks coming to the show, what are some other key areas or events not to miss this year? Give us a bit of a teaser, if you will. Well, we're having an Empowering Women's Conference on Wednesday. It's going to be a fantastic event um, for about 250 women, and it's going to take place in the AGT Lounge Mosaic Stadium, so a great location for that event. We also have the PBR um, bull riding event on Wednesday night, June 22nd. That's going to be a fantastic networking event as well and lots of action. It's the best of the best at the PBR. And then we're celebrating two anniversaries at our show, and they're both taking place on June 22nd as well. And one is Agtron, um, in Agtron Industries. They're celebrating 40 years in business, and Dagelman is celebrating 60 years in business. Both those events are taking place on Wednesday, June 22nd as well. Now, you referenced the fact that we have a a number of key presenters coming in to talk with producers. And can you expand on that? Fill us in on on some of the the keynote presenters that are coming in that producers might want to sit down and take a listen to. One of our keynotes is Karen Proud. She's going to be um, coming to us from... Uh, Canada Fertilizer. We're very excited to hear what she has to say about the fertilizer in uh, in agriculture. Vikram Vijay is a former dragon. He's participating 
uh, on our stage on Tuesday. And then he's going to also be one of the host judges for the Ag Tech Challenge on Tuesday as well. We have Prog Garg coming to us from Raven, and he is the chief digital officer. So he has lots of information that he's going to be sharing with us on digitalization in, in agriculture right now. Canada's Farm Show not only welcomes producers from Saskatchewan, but it truly has over the years become a, a real international event. What kind of international interest are we seeing this year, of course, coming out of COVID? We are very excited about the international response we're having for our event. We do have delegations confirmed from Ethiopia, Vietnam, UAE, Mongolia, India, and Japan this year. We will see a lot of our dealers and our our farmers coming up from the U.S. as well for this event. Final thoughts, key message you would like to leave with people today? Get out of the dirt. Come on in. See our show. It's going to be a fantastic event, and we're very excited to see everybody at Farm Show. Canada's Farm Show is back this week with a brand new footprint all indoors so no matter what the weather is it won't be an issue this year this year's farm show runs tuesday to thursday in regina for golden west i'm glendalee allen bossler that's it for the prairie egg wire for today if you have any questions or opinions to share send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca on behalf of glendalee allen bossler i'm Corey canute thanks for listening and have a great afternoon the Prairie Ag Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo. Along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th, the Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their interclub judging competition on Friday evening and an open 4-H beef show on Saturday. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Call 204-343-2061 for appointments or for more information. Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School takes place July 5th through to the 8th in Carmen at the University of Manitoba E&R Morrison Research Farm. Sessions will be held from 8.30 a.m. until 3 p.m. daily. The cost is $175. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting a workshop entitled Health Check for Your Pasture and Soil, July 6th. The cost $30. You can register on the MFGA website. And the Souris River Watershed District is holding its annual banquet July 7th at the Hartney Community Hall. The tickets are $50. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, joining us now is David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture to give us an update on crop diseases. Still not a lot of issues to date, Corey. Um, We have had a lot of rain um, in uh, some of the fall seeded crops like uh, winter wheat or fall rye. We'll have quite a canopy which will maintain humidity there. And uh, there is the possibility of disease in those situations. What are some things uh, to look for there to to spot that? Well, um, one of the things that I put into the crop pest update this week was um, a grower had submitted a photo of some fall rye that was um, showing some symptoms on the upper leaves, kind of a, a streaking effect. And he wondered whether that was pathogenic disease. 
I don't want to give too much away because I set that up as a, a quiz. However, I can tell you that um, fungal diseases generally start down in the canopy and work their way up. So you would find less uh, spotting on leaves in the upper part of the canopy. Bacterial diseases, on the other hand, um, seem to be working their way down on the plant. So you're more likely to find symptoms on, on upper leaves. And uh, other crops that we might see bacterial blights in, well, maybe I did give it away, are things like oats, um, where we routinely see uh, bacterial disease. Are we seeing any um, fungicide applications at this point? or No, it would be early. I often get the question, I'm going in with my herbicide, and it may be a little bit uh, later. Is it worth my while to uh, double up and spray a fungicide at the same time? It uh, is not really shown to, to be all that uh, cost-effective, and with most crops, it's it's more important to save your fungicide dollars for later in the season and uh, assess the diseases that might be developing. Anything that farmers should be watching for, you know, going forward, or...? It's always important to be scouting your crops throughout the season. And uh, the sooner you catch something that is developing in your crop, the better chance you have of, uh, of intervening. Now, I mentioned bacterial diseases a little while ago. Fungicides, of course, have no effect, no impact on bacterial diseases. So you might be spending uh, good money unnecessarily. And we have seen that in the past where growers have applied to fungicide applications and not seen any uh, any response or slowing of, of what they've got. In that case, it's quite possible it might be a bacterial disease. That was David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture updating us on crop diseases. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. It's the last day for exhibitors to put the finishing touches on their displays. Canada's Farm Show opens tomorrow in Regina. This year's show features a new footprint with all 500 exhibitors located inside during the three-day event, which runs Tuesday through Thursday. Highlights for the show this year include the Empowering Women's Conference and PBR Regina Classic on Wednesday. Show manager Shirley Janesco says, as well as welcoming back producers, they are also looking forward to welcoming back international guests and buyers who are coming in from not only the U.S., but Ethiopia, Vietnam, the UAE, Mongolia, India, and Japan. Manitoba's canola growers are seeing high levels of flea beetles. Angela Brackenreed is with the Canola Council of Canada. No surprise, you know, for the past number of years, we've seen pretty intense flea beetle uh, pressure in our canola. So uh, no surprise that, that we're seeing that again this year. I think there was some hope that the silver lining of, of later seeding would have meant we, we might have dodged some of this uh, flea beetle pressure. But unfortunately, um, I think, you know, the, the season was just kind of delayed. And, and so the, the emergence of, of those flea beetles was also delayed and kind of corresponded with, with when our crop was coming up out of the ground. She notes there has been some foliar insecticide happening, and in limited cases, there has also been some reseeding. And farmers haven't seen a lot of crop disease issues so far this year. David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture had some advice. It's always important to be scouting your crops throughout the season, and uh, the sooner you catch something that is developing in your crop, the better chance you have of, uh, of intervening. I mentioned bacterial diseases. Fungicides, of course, have 
no effect, no impact on bacterial diseases. So you might be spending uh, good money unnecessarily. And we have seen that in the past where growers have applied to fungicide applications and not seen any any response or slowing of, of what they've got. In that case, it's quite possible it might be a bacterial disease. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have another edition of The Bean Report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.